0: I'm smoking on Bhutanese Shadow Garden grown Dark Evil pack. They watered this with the blood of 36 dragons. Shit so purple it should be asking me, where's Ronald? Nigga, this shit will turn your pacemaker off. Nuclear levels of sour, lung slaughtering, necromancer cush. Shit got diamonds on it, so you know that THC to CBD race is fucking swag, nigga. A whiff of this shit... Yeah, this that nefarious evil sorcerer Moongrass. This shit straight out of K. lid This shit is what shot Tupac. Rip my nigga for opposing the, the government and opposing the conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that. Is the nature of the left. And of course, we know that the hard left
1: famously. From any dissent? We well, you know who the hard left are, we associate with the hard left. You just said that we want right- to to right wing. Hard left are Printing money, nationalisation oh, without compensation, oh, hard left wing position, hard, hard, left. Left, hard, <laughs> left, hard left, left. left, hard left, to oh, the hard left, to the hard left, to oh, the hard left. left, hard left, hard left, hard left, oh, hard left, uh, hard left, 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 hard left,
0: hard left, 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 hard left,
1: it's been a pretty big week i guess yeah it has it has uh it's like one of the great villains of history died uh former uh chancellor alistair darling Shane McGowan from the McGowan an evil man yeah uh, a terrorist sympathizer who said that his biggest regret in life was uh, that he never joined the ira <laughs> that's actually true and but of course i'm kidding that's why we love him uh shane as uh yeah yeah was it you who i did the uh was it you or tom who i did the pogues episodes with back in uh back a couple of years ago Oh, i i, I think i was there i
0: tom think it, might it must have been be. as
1: well i'm not sure maybe yeah i think it okay it would have at least been you and me but yeah you know i think he's one of the greatest songwriters of, of the 20th century you know of, of his generation of britain of ireland of whatever you want to say because I'm, I'm not being uh, anti-irish there he was part he, british like he, he lived in uh, england for yeah. a lot of his life <laughs> but like yeah no man that that was sad but i mean <laughs> it's kind of amazing he made it to 65 to be honest Oh yeah. <laughs> if you saw him at any point in like the last 30 years, I mean he was um he was somewhat debilitated by his um lifetime of alcoholism and for at least one point in the 80s uh, daily lsd use (laughs) not not microdosing this was before you know those millennial pussies invented microdosing this was this was when you just like full-on mainline acid yeah yeah, exactly multiple points every day Uh, and he was like yeah you can function on it it's like, can you share? Can can you? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not what the other members of the Pogue said. They they fired him from the band. That. <laughs> Your functional but, daily acid habit, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I I I am I am happy he lived so long. That's something to take comfort in because, like I said, there was something sad to me about the fact that this guy who is such a preternaturally talented songwriter and just absolutely brilliant. People who've just heard Fairy Tale New York really don't know the half of it. Both in terms of like the quality of the songs in the Pogues' opera, and also the prolific use of slurs. <laughs> you <you've> people <laughs> just fixate on that one line in Fairy Tale New York. They haven't heard the sick bed of full <laughs> color. When you
0: pissed yourself in Frankfurt and got sipped down in Cologne, and you heard the
1: rattling as you lay air all. Around.
0: But bought your whiskey And a brattle
1: in Madrid And you some fucking black shirt Who was cursing all the AIDS And a sick bit of Cucullin Well, nail let say a prayer But the ghosts are rattling at the door And the devil's in that chair You know, they <laughs> haven't heard Fucking sunny side of the street
0: i of black
1: wrong the women are the police, all I can remember now is a kiss without no shoes. So I saw that
0: train and I got it, went off, but I lost for mind. Right now I'm walking on the sunny side.
1: But I don't know if that has slurs in it. He just says "whore" a bunch, but I guess that can be a slur. <laughs> that is a pretty, Was that a slur? Would you say? I, 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 yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's pejorative, I guess. Yeah, it's okay. pejorative for sure. Well, whatever. Anyway, uh, I don't think Shane McGowan was it, was a bigot. Uh, he was a, an avowedly left wing artist. There's a great interview, actually. Like they don't do this kind of shit anymore. Um, I guess. You know, the last time this happened was the legendary two thousand and nine Jay-Z Ian Brown summit that NME put on. But in the nineties, it might have also been NME or Melody Maker or something. They did this um this interview, which was like it was Nick Cave, Shane McGowan, and Mark E. Smith, just the three of them all like arguing with each other <laughs> with their very different <laughs> points of the world. And there's a great extract online that somebody posted marky e. smith's just being like a miserable cunt and obviously like a legend in his own right the fall of brilliant but like he's just like being very cynical and nihilistic and talking about how he loves nietzsche and shane mcgowan's just like nietzsche that fucking fascist and he's talking about like, like <laughs> brendan bayon and marky e. smith's like oh yeah you probably like socialism as well don't you and Shane's like, yeah, I'm a socialist. Like, of course, are you not? You're not bloody anti-socialist, are you? Bloody hell. And it's great because Shane McGowan, I mean, he must have been like very like comfortably drunk when they did this, because all his responses have the feel of just like he's kind of sitting back in his chair, smiling, laughing at Mark e. Smith for his cynical view of the world, because, you know, Shane, Shane was vulgar. His lyrics were very vulgar, but he was he was a vulgar poet. Like there was a lot of beauty. He found the beauty. Yeah, he was not a cynic in that way. The grotesque and seedy elements of society, but other people would see a person, they think, ugh, and walk past them on the street. Shane McGowan write a song about them, a sympathetic song about them. So yeah, he was a great artist, man. But like I say, it's just I just wish that we'd got more from him in the last. 30 odd years because he hadn't made an album of new songs since 1996 or 7 I think which is just sad like like I say given how fucking talented he was what a brilliant man he was but yeah you know a lot, a lot of people are coming out and they're expressing their condolences for him like I've seen nice tributes from his friend Jerry Adams from Tom Waits like Waits very rarely makes oh, yeah. any kind of, he, he does not make a lot of public statements he just like he hasn't made an album in 12 years now he just periodically appears in films basically at this point but wait's posted a very touching tribute presumably sent via carrier pigeon to his publicist from his cabin in the <laughs> middle of a junkyard somewhere but yeah man shane mcgowan i suppose like i wanted to address that first because that's the the loss that actually hit me uh one that um, will be missed but here, yeah, he's the one who will be missed. Now you sing a son of liberty, we and packs of chucks. And i take you from this dump here and I'll stick you in the box. Then I'll take you to the prior and shove you in the ground. we you stick your head back out and shut, we'll have another round. At the great side of Cook Cullen, when we'll they are around and pray. And God is in his heaven, and Bunny's down by a fire. Yeah! But he uh, had a couple of other people die, didn't he? Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: so uh satan's got some new helpers
1: yeah 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 so like i said one of the most evil men who ever lived alistair darling oh, gordon brown's uh yeah. chancellor oh. so alistair darling he was the guy with the big eyebrows you may have seen him about that was his notable thing he had a kind of <laughs> yeah. sub gallagher uh arrangement on his face and he was a pretty conventional boring new labor politician he used to be on the hard left i'm afraid it's the hard left he used to be um when he was younger i forget if he was a trotskyist or a stalinist but he was one of he was one of those guys a lot of the leading blairites had backgrounds in the far left when they were younger and this is why Such people like peter weird Hitch- turn yeah this is why people like peter hitchens are like you see and that's why tony blair was actually a Euro-communist all along it's like, <laughs> no man his politics changed you know that's fucking stretch so might as well call Mussolini a communist really. Was he on the left when he was younger?
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he, he was a big time political opportunist and he, he was in the socialist party back in the from 1901
1: to 1914 yeah, yeah a well, lot of people go on political journeys don't they? Um, yeah. lots of people went on political journeys under Mussolini that's for sure journeys you know in the back yeah. of a car that it's fucking dumped in a quarry or something. The trains sure ran on time. <laughs> yeah, but where were they going? Uh, so, yeah, Darling was ba- oh darling. Um yeah, That's obviously Blackadder's kind of milked fat joke. And you have the milk. So there's no point (laughs) in doing that. He was the chancellor under Gordon Brown. When Brown took over from Blair as prime minister, Darling stepped in to the role that Brown had previously occupied. And so he was the guy who, with Brown, coordinated Britain's response to the 2008 financial crisis. And uh, that obviously involved bailing out the banks, which is credited by many with saving capitalism what is the matter with you today darling judge Yay. that how you will <laughs> 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 but i mean seriously let's just say that uh, i am a mild social democrat who does not want to destroy capitalism let's just say that for a second and then and then i'll uh, fucking go and commit harry kiri let's say saying that for a second it did stabilized the economy in the short term it stopped there being this because we were so dependent by that point after 30 fuck it wasn't 30 years at that point after 25 plus years of neoliberalism under uh thatcher major blair and then brown britain's economy had by that point become completely dependent on the financial sector so bailing out the banks obviously did in the short term it kept britain's economy afloat but then what happened you know The banks were returned to private ownership, went back to exactly the same practices. The criminals exploiting. Well, basically, because our entire economy was dependent on them, the criminals exploiting the entire country because of the international nature of finance capital, uh, basically exploiting fucking people all over the world, were allowed to return to their criminal practices. Barely any changes, barely any new regulations. uh, Like I say, no prosecutions or anything like that. Taken out of the public hands once more. And here we are, the economic structures that led to the 2008 crisis haven't fucking changed, and it's just going to happen again at some point.
0: Yeah, he he kicked the ball down the road a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So again, it's just a short-term solution, but if you if you like that sort of thing, you know, saving capitalism, then great. I guess Alistair Darling <laughs> is the man for you. When then when I mean, they
0: say FDR saved capitalism. I kind of prefer his methods. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, his was like saving it with a radical public investment program. That's more how like Jeremy Corbyn could have arguably saved capitalism. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like working within the framework that you have. It doesn't have to be Just a program.
0: fully giving the banks a blank check, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah, that's I keep fucking tripping over
0: my- Similar to, I guess this was around the same time Obama was, well, he was bailing out a lot of our banks, as well as the auto industry.
1: Exactly, yeah. and the same shit happened over there. Like, none of the cunts went to prison, barely any new fucking regulations came in, and, you know, Anything, they got-
0: I'd say fewer regulations.
1: Yeah, 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 and, and they got to carry on doing the same stuff, you know, not meaningfully any more supervised by the government. So, fucking- Again, thanks, Alistair Darling. So (laughs) thanks for uh, selling off the gold and crashing the fucking global economy, Alistair Darling. No, I'm just... (laughs) The the Daily Mail has not bought out our podcast yet. Um, But, like, yeah, so then Labour lost the 2010 election, just about, and the Tories came into government in the coalition. George Osborne started his austerity agenda, and you know what he was able to say? Well, actually... The cuts that we're making to public services are sticking entirely to Labour's spending plans drawn up by Alastair mm-hmm. Darling prior to the 2010 election. So, oh so bad that david cameron the worst prime minister of all time got in george osborne the worst chancellor of all time rather than a slightly less malevolently evil labor government who would have done the exact same fucking thing it makes me look back at (laughs) how radicalized i was by the like anti-poor class war agenda of the coalition government and just think well that was right but i didn't quite fucking realize that gordon brown would have been doing this to the country anyway <laughs> I mean, it might have been yeah. like less sadistic i don't know but the thing with the blairites is they are not always less sadistic because they have more to prove you know the tony blair government implemented yeah more restrictions on migration than any other government yeah. in british history more individual pieces of anti-immigration legislation came in under blair because he had to fight this mm-hmm. idea that he's a metropolitan effete liberal uh, he's like no no i'm not i'm racist like you I'm honest
0: yep yeah, it's the same shit on both sides of the atlantic you got the liberal party just constantly rushing out to be like come on guys no we're really super right wing you should you should definitely vote for us if you want to vote for a right wing party and all the right wingers are like but there's the act like the proper right wing party they'll just do what you do but more proudly yeah
1: (laughs) yeah well biden has fucked that Uh, hasn't he with his support for israel uh we i don't want to get into that now because it will it will be a whole conversation and we'll get into (laughs) it later but how are you supposed to say to like muslim voters you know oh no donald trump he will be bad for you guys it's like, yeah. oh, what? And, and and Mr. Genocide won't be. Okay. No,
0: it's it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, Biden's awful. And all he's able to do is just drive away his voters because he's never going to be so, like, even, even if he's just full on as awful as he can be, the way the cultural news propaganda machine is, it's like he's never going to be portrayed as the guy the conservatives are going to vote for. So I don't. Like who the fuck is he pandering to?
1: The man's grossly incompetent. He can't speak. He can't put two sentences together. You know, uh, it, d- donors maybe. Did you see this thing? I, I guess I, I, I will only. I'm only bringing this up to ask you if you heard about it because I don't have anything to say about this other than that I heard about it on Chapo Trap House. <laughs> but like you know, Gavin Newsom, the Democratic Governor of yeah. California. Like apparently a bunch of like wealthy Indian American Democratic donors of Indian. As in India, not as in Native American. Yeah. <laughs> I am aware of the correct nomenclature. He, he basically, <laughs> they were going to pass a law in California that would like outlaw the, the caste system being like imported from India into the, mm, the yeah. Indian community out there. And a bunch of wealthy Indian democratic donors who benefit from the caste system were just like, hey man, um, no we 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 like this here's some money and then now he's like dropped the bill he says no it's not necessary because it's already covered under <laughs> equality's law uh i
0: did not hear that specifically that that is interesting i, I mean i i'd believe it enough as much as like newsom has been all right on some issues for sure but he, he's definitely a big old lip and uh, with all the problems that come with that I did see him do a weird sort of debate against Ron DeSantis on Fox the other day. I don't know why these two random governors from different states were just debating, like, Newsom's not running for president or anything. But it it was pretty funny, though. It was pretty funny. Because it was on Fox, so the host, oh, was it Sean Hannity? Uh, Like, the host was totally against Gavin from the start. So it was was a beautiful 2v1 little team-up pile up is his fun
1: just thinking of this line from one of the verses that pusha t ghost wrote for kanye's last album that kanye didn't end up using where he's like uh people mad at me for watching hannity <laughs> <laughs> Had to check my vanity managing my insanity new york times mad at me for watching hannity I think Kanye is probably like yo. I don't watch Hannity. I watch Tucker. That's different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hannity's too far left for me, man. Uh, I
1: don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know where they come <laughs> on the spectrum relative to each other. No, I've no. I don't. Well, Tucker's kind uh, of a bit more critical of uh, American foreign policy and shit. Yeah. In a kind of isolationist way, I guess. I don't really know about his ideological. Well, I'm fairly leanings. familiar
0: with the Tuck. I know he's pretty <laughs> much a, 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 a full-on Nazi. Whereas I don't know Sean Hannity. He's a bit of an older
1: figure isn't he like yeah he's, he's a more like tea prime. party kind of bush era sort of thing yeah yeah well you we should probably return to sec- the obituaries though right oh yeah the obituary section yeah so i mean i pretty much said all i need to do about uh, about alice oh, there's one darling. more that we haven't yeah. I, oh yeah yeah well there's one one last bit on darling like just as oh, yeah. to kind of try and gauge what my response should be i googled his name plus corbin and there were loads of quotes of him being in the media while corbyn was leader slagging him off Um <laughs> i was just like all right cunt next like uh you know what i mean like no youth crying over spilt uh cunt so uh <laughs> yeah no that that pretty much settled the issue for me on darling and there was actually one thing that wanker Tory peer Danny Finkelstein long time enemy of the show who's actually listened to the podcast in the, pa- in the past when we slagged off one of his articles on it about how Blair should have a big nice. political comeback and oh yeah like that, I think I remember that yeah Dan Finkelstein said by the way listening to Real RealPolitik an hour of his life that he would never get back which uh, <laughs> I, I think I take that as an achievement we have successfully reduced Danny Finkelstein's life by like, one hour <laughs> 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 uh, but- he said something like uh, alistair darling's death reminds me of when jeremy corbyn first became leader i asked alistair darling what do you think of corbyn and he said i don't know i've never met him I uh, it's just like that fucking tells you everything like that's why i like corbyn and i don't like these cunts because he's not in the fucking club with alistair darling and Tory Peer and member of the <laughs> yeah. anti-Muslim Gatestone Institute, Danny Finkelstein. He's not fucking hanging out with all these bastards. Like, And these cunts like Alistair Darling, they never even considered for a second that they should even go up to Jeremy Corbyn and have a polite conversation with him and shake his hand, just recognize him as a colleague of theirs and just a human being. They never even thought he was worth talking to. And they certainly did not see him becoming leader it was the furthest no. thing from their minds like they could not have been more blindsided by what happened in 2015 so i don't know maybe you can belatedly attribute darling's de- i don't know um but <laughs>
0: the the shock of corbin becoming leader took a few years to sit in it, t- it took for corbin to be politically assassinated and, and then darling was like
1: oh god oh god yeah oh, it's Kicking in finally Corbin's revenge. (laughs) Like I'm sure they Jeremy Corb I'm thinking of Montezuma's revenge. But yeah, actually, I saw the coroner report for uh, the death of Henry Kissinger, and it did list the cause of death as heart attack due to the combined stresses of Brexit and Jeremy Corbyn's leadership of the Labour Party. Oh, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. is a great man. According to the Anti-Defamation League, Henry Kissinger, a man unapologetic about his Jewishness. Um, and, of course, that brought to mind, you know, probably the, the, the quote about Henry Kissinger that, that, that stirs me passionately, it stirs my emotions up most passionately as a devoted fellow Semite and supporter of the state of Israel. Uh, it would be <laughs> when Henry Kissinger said that were it not for the accident of my birth, I myself <laughs> would be an anti-Semite. You do not get persecuted for thousands of years unless you are doing something wrong. A man unrepentant about his Jewish heritage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, man, he certainly worked with a lot of uh, very virulent anti-Semites over the years. Which ones in particular, Nixon? Yeah, that's the that's the most famous person. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lots! there was lots of people, I mean, pretty much to work in the Washington establishment in the times in which he did. Most of them were probably anti-Semites, to
1: be honest. That's true. That's true. He wouldn't have risen so high in most circles if he wasn't, like, getting in on the banter.
0: I love how they use him as like an example of like, look, this uh, little Jewish boy can grow up, and through the power of the American dream, he too can become a genocidal maniac.
1: Yeah, but it, it, in reality, it would have been more like Nixon would say something very, very obscene about Jewish people, and then Roger Stone or whatever would be like, "Oh, that, that Mr. President, have you heard this one?" And Kissinger would be like, <laughs> "Hold my beer, fellas." You want to hear anti-semitic <laughs> joke? <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear anti-semitism done right, come to a Jew. According to Paul Simon, uh, according to Stephen Van Zandt, if you asked Paul Simon in the 80s why it was okay to oppose the cultural boycott of South Africa, He would have said, oh, my friend Henry Kissinger told me that it's because the ANC is communists and it's just like a Russian stooge organisation. So, I mean, everyone has been sort of having a good laugh, (laughs) essentially. I've actually seen like very little civility politics with regards to the death of Kissinger. I kind of feel like liberals and conservatives and stuff have just thought, you know what? let's like save our energy for the next cunt who dies and they're like there's <laughs> not even any kissinger is a hate figure for multiple generations mm. like he was a boomer hate figure and uh, i'm I'm sure that transferred to gen x and then that has transferred directly on to our generation and probably to all the the Zoomers on TikTok, who, uh, who, who, as I understand it, are powering both Hamas and a sort of revival of Al-Qaeda.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> they love that Bin Laden letter, don't they? Zoom. Um. That Bin Laden kush, the classic song <laughs> by, uh, by 6 Mafia. he smoking smoke it, that Bin Laden weed. Smoke this shit, nigga, this on that Bin Laden weed. Y'all know nothing about this shit down south. So I just read a letter to America. And... I will never look at life the same I will never look at this country the same I will never I Please read it
0: I think there there is a few factors going on with that Kissinger thing I think yeah like you say he's just been such a figure of hatred for decades now and his crimes are like so old like they mostly date to what like the Vietnam era so a lot of liberals they hate Vietnam and everything. They can admit that the old wars were bad. So they, they, they hate him for that. And then the right wing hate him. They hate him because he's like a Jewish globalist or
1: whatever, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> oh, well, he is such a globalist. I mean, by their yeah. metric, like he he appeared at like the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change Conference this year alongside Starmer and uh, Jamie Oliver. <laughs> Doing great <laughs> work right till the end. huh? yeah how much more globalist can you get yeah i i I do understand that but i think again like what you were saying about liberals can now say oh vietnam that was a bad war like even conservatives are like oh we went we went about that one wrong like enough of them have like washed their hands of fucking richard nixon and stuff that they can (laughs) say yeah annexing the war into cambodia and killing one hundred and fifty thousand people was a bad thing you know when the new york times is coming
0: out and like saying oh this this huge po- american political figure was controversial that, that means he was, he was probably a monster <laughs>
1: yeah the rolling stone obituary for him was just like fucking rotten hell bitch it was like henry kissinger hated war criminal finally dies or something uh and then uh You know, Rolling Stone, I I kind of feel like so Rolling Stone, they've had a bit of an image makeover because their founder, Jan Wenner, is no longer their publisher or editor in chief. I think he might have been. Probably not for a while now, actually, but he was still, as of a few years ago, their publisher and involved in the day-to-day production of the magazine. Jan Wenner has now become sort of disgraced and he got kicked off the board of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because he put out a new book this year and he did some interview where the journalist was like, so how come all these rock stars you've interviewed for your book are like white men? And he came out with some stupid, he couldn't just say, well look because like I am a man in my 70s my favorite artists are like Mick Jagger and Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan like which is a fair yeah. enough thing like these are the artists who I feel the most personal kinship he came out with some sh- Shit about how like there's no like women or black artists who articulate <laughs> themselves as well as the ones in his book, which is like I mean I love the stones, but like I don't think Mick Jagger is like this great philosopher, you know what I mean? Like I'd rather I'd rather read an interview with Joni Mitchell than Only with fucking Martha. Mick Jagger. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it was a bit of an insane self inflicted wound on Jan Wenner's part. No, Oh, no, no. Sorry, right. to get it back but anyway, Rolling Stone actually, uh, like I say, he's no longer involved. So they even published a couple of articles sort of reckoning with this attitude that had dominated their magazine for so many years and sort of saying we're different now we like women and uh, minority ethnic artists we think that uh, they can actually be smart and intelligent and uh, <laughs> articulate their thoughts and make good music and that's cool yeah. that, that like i agree thumbs up but <laughs> basically Their sort of attitude to politics is exactly the same as it was under Jan Wenner. Superficially, because, yeah, they now think that, like, women and black people are human. Yes, okay, (laughs) they are overall coming from a more egalitarian perspective, at least when it comes to addressing music. But Rolling Stone has always contained political coverage, like most of Hunter S. Thompson's classic articles were published there. Not just Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but the much longer fear and loathing on the campaign trail, which was serialized throughout the 1972 uh, Mm. presidential election. And basically their attitude to politics is the same now as it was then, which is left-wing when it's convenient. In every American community, you have varying shades of political opinion. One of the shadiest of these is the liberals, an outspoken group on many subjects. 10 degrees to the left of center in good times. 10 degrees to the right of center if it affects them personally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I say, Kissinger, fucking hate figure. He's a hate figure for like Zoomers that they've got writing about like Bad Bunny at Rolling Stone and probably their older critics clinging on from the Wenner era. uh, are more (laughs) left wing than Jan Wenner and fucking hate him as well. Jan Wenner probably went to some dinner, probably has been to numerous dinner parties with Henry Kissinger. Uh, I'm not sure... (laughs) what the take on him in the magazine was in the past but i reckon probably hunter s thompson would have been allowed to slag him off uh <laughs> so they may have published critical things about kids during the past kind of it philosophies have polluted all of your thoughts
0: kyle marx has got you about to and henry kissings has got you tied up into night when you're gonna wake
1: up but- there was just i saw something really funny today now but i'm just on this rolling stone so they've like proper got it in for roger waters at the moment they published this article which was like roger waters's son on getting fired from his dad's band and you read the article and it turns out like roger waters fired his son from his band in like 2016 like three tours ago and it's just yeah. like okay like so this is not this is not news now it's just that like (laughs) you've been publishing all these articles about what a fucking anti-semite he is they got james ball like one of the biggest cunts and potential spooks in british journalism to interview waters which is like he should have known, frankly, that he was walking into a trap there. But yeah, obviously, they spun everything he said as like him being an outrageous Putin lover and anti Semite. But like, <laughs> so we even talked about it on the show. Uh, I think you might have missed the episode. It was the one with Stefan. But I listened to an interview of Roger Waters on Glenn Greenwald's Rumble channel uh, recently, oh, yeah. right wing alternative to youtube
0: yeah but i, I did edit that episode so I, I i did actually end up hearing it No, no you mentioning rumble
1: reminded me more than anything like, oh yeah that we're talking about rumble yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like on that roger Waters said some stuff it's just like he was like how how could israel like not have had intelligence on what hamas were planning to do on the seventh gaza is like the most surveilled fucking place in the world they have drones flying through the sky like spying on what everyone is doing how could they not have twigged that something was going to happen and then rolling stone obviously like started spinning all this as like roger waters comes out with false flag conspiracy theories saying (laughs) israel and themselves literally today Rolling Stone have published an article speculating on the same stuff that they fucking smeared Roger Waters for, saying, like, (laughs) questions are being asked in the Israeli intelligence community as to how they could not have known about this. It's just like, that is all Roger fucking said. (laughs) You cunts. You opportunistic cunts.
0: My current understanding with everything that's been made public so far is that Israeli higher government certainly had every reason to suspect that there was something going to happen. There was going to be some kind of big attempt at an attack on the 7th or thereabouts. And the only place I would really cut it is I don't think that anybody thought 1,200 Israelis were going to get killed. I don't think the Israeli state wanted that. I think they would have been fine with like 50 or 100 to justify some kind of vicious bombardment oh yeah they'll like like, happily kill that
1: many as collateral damage in a bombing campaign yeah
0: but 1200 no yeah they certainly this wasn't a false flag in the sense that Israel wanted this exact attack to happen you know
1: yeah yeah but I mean, this is the article in but Rolling they knew. Stone. They fucking knew. Something, Israel yeah. knew Hamas's attack plan a year before October seventh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it yeah. says the source here is um, the website Aryan Unity. No, no, it's for New York Times.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Leaders initially brushed off the attack plans as too complex for Hamas to execute on October the seventh shit happened <laughs> like basically long story short and that's all basically Roger Waters was saying I think I think he may have actually used the expression false flag and it's like but I think what he was saying was like that he didn't think it was that <laughs> I think like he was saying I'm not saying that that's what happened but come on questions to answer here just I was amazed by the chutzpah of Rolling Stone fucking reporting on the same thing that they'd had a go at a private citizen for oh, dead yeah. Okay, the a, whole of western
0: media has just completely lost it with this israel stuff
1: yeah well it's pretty much the same thing that like i was saying on our episode with lila when i was talking about how mike Katz of jlm had blasted the electronic intifada for reporting that thing about the israeli helicopters shooting israelis on october the 7th and then the next day when Haaretz had reported it he'd been like Mm, yes just very concerning <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah but yeah it's, yeah. So it's and all well, the, the way the, way the I mean, it's like what what yeah. is dismissed today as conspiracy theory is fucking embraced by israel supporters as regretful historical exactly. fact tomorrow
0: It's all it's all kind of old news now but yeah yeah the way that they made the bbc apologize for reporting on the al-akhli bombing the way that they did I mean, yeah, there's fog of war, maybe they didn't say everything completely factually correct as we know it now, but why is there fog of war in Gaza? Is it because Israel has completely isolated it and ensured that there's no journalists there to report what is going on? Exactly. Like...
1: <laughs> yeah, <When laughs> oh, now the ceasefire ridiculous. is over there's gonna be you know again there's gonna be confusion about what is happening because we're uh,
0: already at hundreds dead from one day of one day past the ceasefire
1: yeah fucking hell man like i said i've just been like depressed as fuck the last week and i've just been catching glimpses of it and it's like i don't even know man like what what's been happening can you well, the last week had been
0: relatively good because of that truce. I mean, there was still loads of shit going on in the West Bank, and like Israel was stopping people getting into North Gaza and shooting people. So it wasn't really a perfect truce in any way. But at least hundreds and hundreds of people weren't being bombed every day for a while. That was nice.
1: 100%. There was this thing, like, a um, couple of... De- what? Well, but but I'll just say first, actually, this is like... This is why we were saying a ceasefire, not a fucking humanitarian pause, because it was just going to be a temporary reprieve for a few days and then the butchery would start up again. That's what the fucking humanitarian pause meant.
0: Yeah. And you could tell the whole time that Israel was just baying to get back into it. Especially like the last few days of the truce, it kept on coming down to like. Israel saying no to the list, and then Hamas coming up with another list, and then Israel saying no to that one, and, then, and like it's like, okay, you guys don't even want to try to keep this going, do you? And then, yeah, they don't.
1: I saw a thing, it was like uh, this like little baby who'd been taken hostage, basically, or a toddler, or whatever, very young child, had been, well, Hamas said that the child had been killed in an Israeli airstrike. And I know this because I saw a bunch of Israel supporters posting this and it was just so weird because like the news story was like, according to Palestinian authorities, not the Palestinian authority, I just mean like according to whoever fucking gives these causes of death. The Hamas health industry. (laughs) The small homos of Hamas according to them a child had been killed in an israeli bombing a child who was being held hostage an israeli child and there was just this weird disjunct because like those were the facts given and every response was just like hamas are so fucking evil these monsters these these, i hate them i fuck these monsters must be killed and it's like okay like yeah they did take a child prisoner which is a war crime like undoubtedly we've spoken before about like the military utility why they took hostages and stuff but like as a rule you know, taking kids hostages it's not a good thing no no they did say that Israel killed this child in uh, an airstrike and I'm gonna say that that doesn't seem like the most implausible thing to me certainly not something that you would see this stated and automatically believe this not to be true I mean how many people have been killed in Israeli airstrikes? We know how discriminate these strikes are, uh, which is not very. So how would they would they just swerve this israeli baby if they were targeting
0: yeah
1: a uh, hamas building i saw an an israeli journalist reported these documents that the government had been passing around where basically they clarified that they straight up think that in order to kill one hamas commander a hundred civilians is acceptable collateral damage
0: oh yeah yeah they've said from the jump that they're keeping the hostages like in places where israeli bombardment would hit them is in they're keeping them just like yeah in normal buildings which is what that means <laughs> and yeah you don't you don't take a hostage just to kill them off camera generally speaking you know you take like if you do intend to kill hostages it's to send a message right
1: yeah there was just this weird disjunct to me uh, between all the information that we have being that Israel killed this child and then all these people being like how could Hamas kill this child (laughs) like I don't know but then you know I fucking hear in this fog of war that oh Israel didn't bomb the hospital oh Hamas are all rapists or whatever and I fucking don't believe that shit so I can kind of yeah. understand why the other side are automatically disbelieving everything, but the um, Islamo fascists of Hamas and their decadent left wing homosexual supporters are saying, <laughs> <laughs> uh... grim, <laughs> grim, like loads of images of dead kids and stuff again. Now you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't like, I don't like it. Yeah. Do you want to hear the latest Starman news? yeah sure then maybe we can talk about you joined it. the idf he's, he's defected to isis no. <laughs> new Keir starmer has praised margaret thatcher for effecting meaningful change in britain as he attempts to woo tory voters thatcher sought to drag britain he says out of its stupor by setting loose our natural entrepreneurialism i mean yeah
0: sure genghis khan also enacted meaningful change upon like the whole middle
1: east setting loose our natural yeah uh, genghis khan and obviously more vicious and bloodthirsty leaders like tony blair but like (laughs) he's specifically citing setting loose our natural entrepreneurialism forgive me if is this not just the ideology that has dominated the Conservative Party for, since Margaret Thatcher became leader? I mean, why would what you? What he means to say me? is
0: he's grateful to Thatcher for creating the party that he's currently a leader of. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. New, new, new Labour. But it's like I Thatcherism. He's just like saying, well, the good thing about Thatcher was Thatcherism. That, that's that's a ringing endorsement. Like the fact that the entrepreneurial thing, that oh fuck, I don't I don't even know because I because I'm I'm I'm. It's making my it's boggling my mind. But you have to bear in mind that Tony Blair kind of did this. He probably said something like this in 1994. Starmer says that he changed Labour dramatically in the last few years. The course of shock therapy that we gave our party to make it no longer gay had one purpose (laughs) to ensure that we were once again rooted in the priorities, the concerns and the dreams of ordinary people. You know, you think of that Starmer dreams, like, you know ideals, a kind of a vision of a better, you think that with him don't you, him coming out and saying no, we can't change that my dreams are basically um exactly what life is right now. Um Yeah. <laughs> none of that was easy, but it was necessary. Often it meant taking the path of most resistance. It meant not just listening to those who felt unable to vote for us, but understanding them and acting. The public Do not have outlandish or unreasonable expectations. They expect taxpayer money to be spent wisely, our security and our borders to be prioritized, and a politics that serves them rather than itself. Go back. The name of this article is Voters Have Been Betrayed on Brexit and Immigration. I Stand Ready to Deliver. My party extends the hand of friendship to those who voted for the Tories, but feel let down by their failure to act.
0: It's the classic, isn't it, Labour feeling that they've got to prove that they're good on the economy. Like, you can trust us. Oh yeah, not
1: just the economy, immigration as well. That's a big thing in this piece. (laughs) Changing Labour has also meant ridding us of the nonsensical idea that some subjects are simply off-limits for us. I profoundly disagree with the idea... (laughs) Labour should not be talking about immigration or small boats crossings. He's not just, like, <laughs> fucking about immigration, like about, yeah, send the fucking- We can talk about
0: it, back. yeah, immigration's good, shut up, you fucker.
1: Small boats crossings.
0: Yeah. Fucking- That's the big phrase, isn't it, over there these days, right?
1: You know why the boats are small, here. It's because these people have no fucking power, because they're fucking desperate refugees clinging on to whatever floating object can get them into a place where they think they might, although clearly they are tragically fucking wrong, get some kind of a sympathetic hearing. Cuns. These are matters of serious public concern and deserve to be treated as such. It's, it's, I've got to say, it's really... it's. Um, I'm not complaining, like, you know, let but it's just really funny me just, like, expressing all the, this bile with, like, a joyous child gurgling away in the background. <laughs> it's, like, hilarious. She thinks it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> this is a government that was elected on a promise that immigration would come down and the British people would always be in control. Our government, you see, they're just not putting Britain first. By, um, by sending <laughs> Thank them God out. someone's willing to do that. By the way, did anyone see the picture of the fucking Labour Right event the other day where the uh, fucking Nukeface Akehurst was standing there in front of a wall display of all the logos of the various Labour Right front orgs? There was the fucking comms organisation that been probably set up specifically to sponsor this event or just because every Blairite right needs their own comms organisation. There was Labour First and there was Progressive Britain. And they had very carefully organised these so that the Labour first logo and the Progressive Britain logo, each of which have one of the two constituent words of the organisation names in one row above the other, they had very carefully made sure that it could not be misread as two organisations called Progressive Labour and Britain first. For immigration to triple is more than just yet another failure; it is the betrayal of their promises. <laughs>
0: Constantly yeah.
1: blowing up parts
0: of the world, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: When people see the prime minister allowing companies to pay workers from abroad twenty percent less than those already here, they are right to conclude that the Tories are not just unserious about reducing immigration, but actually driving it up. Likewise, when people see government ministers wasting their time on gimmicks like Rwanda, <laughs> that will sound insane to you, right? Like, uh, Yeah, what does that mean? Rwanda's not a country, is it? So uh, It's not a gimmick, it's a country, it's a, a nation-state. <laughs> well, you see, this is because the Conservatives have been promising for several years now, and uh, repeatedly getting thwarted by human rights legislation, to... Uh, send a bunch of British citizens who have committed crimes. Uh, Allegedly, fuck the police, obviously. Probably stitched up. I don't know the details. Uh, I don't support this policy if you didn't get to Rwanda, where they are not from. Oh, that's really cool.
0: Nobody's ever tried that before. I'm sure it'll go well
1: yeah i don't know what the rwandan government make of this but (laughs) the tories have thus far been unable to actually do it and he says when the tories are wasting time on gimmicks like the made-up country of rwanda (laughs) they are right to conclude they are more interested in talking about small boat crossings than stopping them because we have got to obviously keep the immigrants out very important but Fucking hell. Labour would use the full force of Britain's intelligence and policing to smash the criminal gangs growing fat on the misery of human trafficking, destroying their evil business model. The government should do the same. Across Britain, there are many people who feel disillusioned, frustrated, angry, worried And I'm hoping that he's going to lead from this and saying, that's why I'm stepping down as Labour leader. (laughs) Many of them have always voted Conservative, but feel that their party has left them. I understand that. I saw that with my own party and acted to fix it. Fucking cunts. But I also understand that many will still be uncertain about Labour. I ask them to take a look at us again. If you believe that Britain needs stability, order, security then Labour needs family, faith, flag, whatever, I don't know. Then Labour is the party for you. If you believe there are precious things in our way of life, our communities and our environment that is our responsibility to protect and preserve for future generations, Labour agrees with you. If you believe that this country needs to change to get back to greatness, this Labour party stands ready to deliver for you. Keir Starmer, will make Britain great again. Uh, oh my let's fuck, see he, he actually said that. Oh he my actually God. did say... That last sentence if you believe that this country needs to change to get back to greatness This Labour Party stands ready to deliver for you. I don't know if that's like a Mishima kind of thing about returning us to the glories of Empire. But um mm. let's see if the <laughs> on fucking Newsnight, who by the way R.I.P. bitch is glad half your show is getting cut by the BBC. Let's see if they fucking photoshop Starmer to have a MAGA hat on his head like they did with corbyn Let's fucking see if they do that. for fucking remember when they, they did uh, Corbin as Voldemort one time? They he took Professor Quirrell turned around and he had Corbin on the back of his head. Uh, no, I think I missed that one. You didn't miss much, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds
0: like a real banger. What, what are you talking about?
1: I did a good tweet about it the other day because Emily Maitlis, when she was crying about Newsnight getting cut she was like Newsnight has become like the Hotel California of the BBC, you can check out but you can't really leave or some fucking shit, I had no idea what she was getting at to be honest, but (laughs) obviously when you mention a rock song I can instantly come out with like five different reference points to respond to that, so i was like i quoted the famous steely dan this line in hotel california and i said instead of you i said news can stab us with your steely knives but you just can't <laughs> kill the beast and then <laughs> the beast for the beast i posted the picture of corbin as voldemort on the back of professor head. <laughs> Undefeated. he's coming back hmm
0: so wild, Keir. I mean, like, god damn. Half the people do not believe him, and then half the people don't want what he's talking about. Who who are you pandering to,
1: man? I don't know, man, but I see his, like, poll How rating. many
0: times do they want
1: to lose? Like, same with, like, the Democrats here.
0: Like, god damn.
1: The depressing thing is, man, every poll shows him like 20 points ahead of the Conservative Party. Not, R- not really? him. Oh, yeah. no, he is really unpopular personally, but the Labour Party labor. are yeah. fucking destroying the Tories in the polls. Starmer will probably be the most electorally successful Labour leader since Blair. True. Yeah. You are long overdue
0: for a party change. Everyone's probably just like, get the Tories out, you know? That's it.
1: But for me, it's just like, I don't know. Look, I'm just depressed. I'm feeling. Yeah you know slightly misanthropic at the moment to be honest it's cuz it's just like oh what so now you're sick of the tories are you now that labor are offering fucking nothing what they're offering is fucking bad now it's like oh okay well we can say no to the tories and we'll we'll let them have a go well
0: yeah because now it won't actually mean a real serious change which is always scary to people yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, I, I mean, that's basically <laughs> it, isn't it? Because it's like when Labour could have actually changed the country, people were like, oh, no, let's give the Tories another fucking go. And it's like now it's the most important thing ever to get them out. And I'm like, I am living in a different fucking world to you people. Like for me now, it, it doesn't matter. For me in, in 2019, yeah. it was more important than anything else. Now fuck it, give the Tories another go, I don't give a fuck. Which is apparently the opposite perspective to what, yeah, like, a large swathe of the voting populace think.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. Man, bourgeois democracy is just such a fucking drug, man. Like, it's just that people they, they buy the narratives that are given to them. The, the, oh, it's the left versus the right, it's Labour versus Conservatives. Anything outside of those boxes is very, very scary. It's, you gotta choose one of these two exact things that are very fucking similar Uh, and and people ah man it's hard being a socialist because you 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 got to believe in the fundamental kind of goodness of humanity the way that people can come together and be so much greater than we are individually and then at the same time recognize how many people just buy the stupid fucking shit that the elites sell them oh my god
1: yeah that's the thing like i don't want to be all like Wake up, sheeple.
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I'll just say one more thing on the Gaza thing. Predictably, the number of Palestinian prisoners that have been released is lower than the number of Palestinians who have been arrested in the West Bank since October 7th. It's, it's just, I, I, I don't know, it just really hammered home to me the futility of, like, I don't know, like they're, they're just, like... God damn, the the Israeli state just they they can take as many prisoners as they want, as many hostages as they want, you know, any time that they want. Oh my god. Yeah, man. No, I know I I I agree. <laughs>
1: sorry, yeah.
0: Or, or sorry, I guess I should be saying uh people under eighteen or whatever, you
1: know, they're not they're not children that they take. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, no. Israel has children. Palestine has people under the age of eighteen. It's a key (laughs) distinction because they're sort of born as fully legally accountable murderers in Palestine, but not legally accountable enough that they should have an actual trial. Yeah, You can kind of bypass that whole thing, just bang them up.
0: That's the thing nobody seems to get when they're talking about like oh these there's people who are being released who are in there for I don't know you know knife attacks and stuff and like but even if you have these people dead to rights like they, they got no actual like legal recourse they don't have access to a lawyer or rights or, or so even if you had them dead to rights you can't legitimately say that a person is guilty under such circumstances it's completely ludicrous. Yeah. And that's, of course, ignoring that most of what Israel considers terror incidents is like kids throwing rocks at armed soldiers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, what was the person who they attacked with a knife armed with?
0: Yeah, like, wasn't- I think, yeah, one one of the girls who got released was in there for attacking an Israeli settler with scissors. Why did she attack him with scissors? Because he
1: tried to rip her burka off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fucking bullshit. Should we talk about some non-politics stuff for a little bit? Yeah, let's let's get a bit of that in. Um, yeah, because I'm just getting more and more frustrated, and it's triggering my depression. <laughs> I'd
0: say I'd say we hit most of the big news anyway. So yeah,
1: yeah, all the dead cunts. I'm not <laughs> talking about my uh, Palestinian brothers and sisters there, obviously. Although, you know, if any IDF cunts have got killed, then. Fucking rest in peace, Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> Not. To-
0: I am proud of my uh, Houthi cousins who have gone from being genocided to firing missiles from outer space into Israel. It's
1: pretty <laughs> fun. <laughs> the Houthi space program. How how's that fair? I, mean, like kind of situation.
0: Uh, I do love how they they've been hijacking ships, and the US just said like, "Don't do that," and they said, <laughs> "Stop us." <laughs> Come get it. Got that hydro. Who got the light green? Who got the Bobby Brown? They got the Latin weed. We got that hydro. Who got the light green? Who got the Bobby Brown? The got the Latin weed. We got that hydro.
1: had to hang around niggas I know I spread it up on weed I slowed it down on snow
0: To breathe. I'm blacking out with no pulse up one my shirt Who got that hydro